Hello, and welcome to Opinions episode 33, which I have called uh, Doc Rivers, the coach of Nine Lives. My name's Harry, and I have... And my name's Ben. Not Back in again, st- another episode. Not in the studio today. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's other things going on. I need to run to a physio at some point. We did about 15 minutes of this podcast before we realized, before I realized that my mic was muted. Yeah. Uh, moment of silence for that. <laughs> it Big happens. Rip. It's fine. Big but we rip. can carry on. Uh, very annoying. So, as we mentioned previously, that you guys will never hear because it was never actually recorded. So, it's not a mentioned previously. This is real right now. We need to apologize to the Los Angeles Lakers. And yep. specifically, Anthony Davis. My junk is in trouble. <laughs> but that should be the name of the episode <laughs> maybe we should maybe okay we might have to rename it to my junk is in trouble but before we talk <laughs> about the lakers and whether or not my junk is actually in trouble i want to talk about the philadelphia 76ers because the other name for this pod for this episode is that doc rivers is the coach of nine lives and i want to talk about the philadelphia 76ers they lost to the houston rockets the other day in double overtime and yep. For me, we've mentioned we've, we mentioned this a lot that I take a I I think that the regular season games are a little bit more important than a lot of other people, because I think that the habits that regular season games show is super important and will come back to bite you in in the playoffs. Mm. And I mean, you the, mentioned last episode the starting the season the first fourteen games can indicate pretty much if it's a championship caliber team or not, and I think the consistency in the season definitely is an indication of postseason. Yes, and I've said from the beginning that I thought this year the Philadelphia 76ers was a championship-winning team, and they've done everything in their power to make me look like an idiot. <laughs> so far, yeah. Uh, they've, uh. They go on win streaks with all of their top players out, winning against top teams, and then the moment their top players come back, they lose to teams like the Rockets, who are very, very actively tanking for to try and get yeah. the number one pick next year one of the few teams in the league who are genuinely actually losing games to tank so that's uh, still, not a good sign still winning fun games though every so often but but yeah they they beat the 76ers and in double ot and then they won by 10 <laughs> which yeah i think uh the first thing that we, when we both saw the scoreline first thing i checked was Embiid stats and he actually balled out at 39 points so he did everything he was he could possibly. And Bede, statistically, was perfect. Yeah. He pretty much was on 50% from the field. He killed, He was 14 from 17 at the free throw line. He got rebounds. He got a couple assists. He got some steals. He got some blocks. He finished with a... Like, and, and, and let's be really clear, plus and minuses are not everything. Uh, the plus minus is very deter like is is what's the word i'm after here is influenced by the game but he was one of two on the 76ers to finish with a positive plus minus yeah um shout out to tobias harris too who actually had a really good game dropped Ballin. 27 points uh, three steals seven from eight from three point line Ballin. uh so honestly the starters were going quite well uh i don't know if we mentioned but did we say Harden is coming back from an injury? Yes. Uh, so, so that was a factor. So there's Doc's excuse as to why he didn't beat a rookie slash young team of of Rockets. Uh, 
but I just don't. This team just makes me look like an idiot every week. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's uh, probably making Dark Rivers look a little bit like the same as well. Uh, I think I, we, were, I, we were also saying as well that, uh, I mean, ro rotation-wise, like bench-wise, it looks like they've got so many options on this team. Uh, the starters, when they're pretty much like firing away, uh, the bench is still still uh, there backing them up. Like, what more can be done? And then you kind of turn to the coach. And I think, yeah, I tend to try and defend coaches, but I think you make a valid point here. And and we also mentioned that I think it's ridiculous that on his first game back, Harden played 38 minutes. He played more than Embiid did. Yeah. And I think we were saying generally you should be easing them back in, give them maybe high 20s in terms of minutes. Uh, but 38 a lot for someone to come back off an injury. And I know there was play. double overtime, but you, you can't... Doc Rivers has this really bad habit of relying too much on star players. Mm. And yep. it's not something that you can do in the playoffs. You can't... Well, you need to give... You need to stick to minutes because otherwise you'll get to the playoffs and that's when you want to increase their minutes. They'll be gassed. Yeah. The Obviously, we don't necessarily want to see like crazy load management, but you still need to be reasonable about your usage rates throughout the season. Load, well, load management is not playing a game. Like I want to see Harden play every week and Harden loves to hoop, but you need to save him from himself. You need to lock him in at like, you know, 32, if he's coming back from injury, maybe late 20s, so maybe like 28 minutes, maybe early 30s. But to get to yeah. 38 minutes on his first game back, I think is a little bit not good. Yeah. Um, I want to make a, put, I guess, put a question to, to you. So obviously we're finding that Doc isn't getting the best out of this team. And this kind of relates back to your nine lives. Like he's, he's had multiple seasons with playoff level teams. Uh, both the Clippers, now the Sixers. Um, he's had multiple All-Stars on these teams. So it feels like it's kind of got to the point where now we can we can blame him. But assuming he's going, what would be a, I guess, suitable replacement? Because I have a, have an idea in the interim. Oh. Um, he does have assistant coach Dave Yeager, who I'm partial to because he was actually coach of the Grizzlies uh, for a while. Uh but yeah, I feel like as assistant coach, he's got a little bit of a um, insight into the team already. Um, got a decent starting point, uh, and I think record-wise, Tavier hasn't been the worst. On the Kings, I give him a pass because he played three. Uh, sorry, uh, coached three seasons for Sacramento. Uh, mm. Had a pretty low winning percentage, but with a decent team with the Grizzlies from 2013 to 16, he had a 61% win rate, 67% win rate, and 51% win rate. So I think with a good team, Dave Yeager can do good things. I think he lost his head coach job with Sacramento because they needed to put the blame on someone. So I don't know if you can back me up here, but I feel like given a better coach, this roster should do significantly oh, better. 100%. Right? And here, here's the thing, right? I love to say what your problem is. I have no idea who you should get in as a coach. Uh, <laughs> at this stage of the season, if you were to get rid of Doc Rivers, it is probably best to... Uh, uh, put your assistant coach in as, as lead coach. Mm. There are two names that I would potentially potentially think about. Uh, yep. One is Daryl Morey. Mm. No. Is that... No. Daryl Morey is the GM. Wait, no. I believe you're GM, yeah. No, no. Who's the old Rockets coach? Um, 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 um. Uh, um, well, Steven Silas, I think, is... No, the no. Not the current, current one. The old one. one. You're really racking your brain now. 
<laughs> um, it's it's um, hold up, 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 hold up. Um, 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 Mike D'Antoni. Sorry. Ah, uh, uh, yes, of course. I we, believe we that, down. <laughs> that he is. Uh, oh, is he? No, he's overseeing. He's a coaching advisor for the New Orleans Pelicans at the moment. Mm. So he, okay. but see, I wouldn't make him head coach. I would put him in as assistant or head of offense like mm. he was in Brooklyn in 2020 to 2021. I think he's, he needs to yeah put him as, as your assistant and then put your assistant up to head or, um, or, and this comes with a little bit of controversy, but Philadelphia has given up so much to get here. I still think that, uh, Adoka is a, very solid coach with a very troubled past that yep. given enough time, someone will get desperate enough for a good coach and take him in. Yeah. I mean, look, I'd agree with that. Strictly coaching wise, he's obviously a great coach. So I think a team desperate enough to, I guess, make the, uh, make the move, I think, yeah, would benefit from that. So uh, I guess those are some decent options. I guess we'll have to see what eventually happens. If the team gets to the point where they go, look, someone's got to, take the fall for this and if doc eventually does does get the sack but uh i don't yeah, think you can blame anyone else at this stage yeah they've made the off-season moves they've got the personnel in terms of players i think yeah eventually he's gonna run out of his nine lives <laughs> yep 20 24 games into the season philadelphia 76ers are eighth they yep. are eight games behind first and they are exactly 12 wins and 12 losses. They are exactly 0.5. This team yep. should not be a 50% win rate team. No, especially when they're competition in terms of other contenders, Celtics and Bucks, eight games ahead. And me- meanwhile, the Bucks have only just got uh, Middleton back, so they shouldn't be trailing by that much. No. So I guess we'll other, see what happens. Other teams missing star players are doing way better with their win percentages yeah, they're adapting. Absolutely. So the Celtics I, without Robert Williams too. So yeah. Yeah, I'm very disappointed with how the 76ers are going right now. Now yeah. let's talk about the Los Angeles Lakers because mm. uh, obviously we have the Lakers icy hot bet going on. Yeah. Where if the Lakers make the semifinals, I will slather my junk in icy hot because <laughs> I am confident that it will not happen. And since saying that, I so here's the thing, right? I'm still confident. The Lakers yeah. are still ten and fourteen, six games behind. It's just AD decided to turn up for a couple of games, and then he got the flu. Yeah. So update on AD. Yeah. After we we called him out, started balling out, and then once we mentioned that he was balling out, uh, then he actually had to leave the game early due to flu-like symptoms. So. Uh, currently currently out, which is a shame because he was on an absolute tear. Uh, he dropped 55 points uh, the other day, uh, which is pretty, pretty oh crazy. Oh, my God, against Washington. Then he got 44 against Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, he got a 37 against Phoenix. Like, he's been... He's been balling, and I think since I made that statement, they went on, like, a three-game win streak. So I was definitely feeling uh, a bit of pressure, and <laughs> then they went and lost to Cleveland. Thank goodness. But we will shout out. Look, we've been very, very critical of Anthony Davis for the last couple of years. Very critical. But if he can keep up this kind of form 
and that's the problem with AD, right? He can play like a god when he's not hurt. Yep, definitely. He's he's absolutely got the skill set for it. It's just the durability uh, that's uh, been an issue. But he's um, one bad something from ah uh, doing something. Ah, mm. uh, my back. Ah, uh, my leg. Ah, uh, my knee. Ah, <laughs> uh, my ankle. It... Uh, and it it goes to show that yeah, without him, um, and actually the Lakers without him and without LeBron today. Uh, they completely fall apart. Yeah, uh, they lost lost to the Raptors one thirteen to one twenty six, and just watching watching bits of that game, you just go, no, it's not not happening. Uh, they had multiple players try to step up, uh, but it wasn't enough against against honestly like a kind of mid uh, East team. So yeah, I think you, you'll you'll be safe for now, Harry. <laughs> I, I think I'm <laughs> for safe now. for now. But this is the sort of stuff we want to see from AD. I love yep. it when AD plays aggressive and is unstoppable. But it's also one of those things where during the regular season, someone like AD will be unstoppable. But when you have a seven-game series, like it's not difficult to see who the main people on the Lakers are giving you points. And so it's yeah. pretty easy to then put a defensive scheme where you try to stop AD. Yeah, they just don't have the personnel in terms of like bench depth to adjust in a playoff series with the seven games. They, yeah, if you lock down AD, lock down LeBron, uh, that's more or less the strategy gone. So, uh, you, yeah, I don't think there'll be too much of a threat. If you just play aggressively against AD, he'll get hurt. And I'm not I'm not saying in any way that you should try to intentionally hurt AD, but it no. is a well-known fact that he would rather play power forward because it is less intensive and... Mm we've seen what happens when he plays at the five he's just not physical enough he hasn't got that str- like, he's he's fragile yeah i will will add though that i th- i'm pretty sure this uh, stat still stands that he is actually leading the league in field goal percentage at the rim so he's being more aggressive inside this season but we've seen That's him great. at his best when he's got those bigs to back him up when he's got uh, that season when he had like Marcus Sol and things like that to the, the bigger guys who could just kind of take the beating yeah. uh, take the pressure off him for a bit like guys like Dwight uh, and then, yeah, it kind of lets him uh, stay in better better shape, I suppose. Um, yeah, and but, yeah. last thing on the Lakers, they waived Matt Ryan recently, who did get a, a random buzzer beater at some point, um, but mm. he's still kind of not that great, and this, to me, them making space on the roster from... There's a, the Lakers are making a move. They've opened up a roster spot. The... Yep. Uh, with December 15th is, I believe, the trade deadline for this season. So, yep, so about a week. So I think that a, a play... Uh, a, a, the Lakers are going to try something before the the trade deadline. Yeah, and so they should, because at this rate, they're going to be <laughs> looking at a pretty high draft spot that they won't even get. So Don't, <laughs> don't get me started on them becoming a contender with one good trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh boy that quote so uh, i might segue us quickly if that's cool with the little bit on draft uh because i do want to mention the cleveland cavaliers uh we have already touched on them this season uh absolutely balling out donovan mitchell joined the team looking really strong i still uh, can't believe the Cavs got someone so early of someone of like donovan mitchell's caliber yeah I think honestly, this is the, this is what I found interesting because obviously the Donovan Mitchell move was a bit of a surprise. People expect him to go to the Knicks, but I think the Cavs have made multiple sneaky but good trades. Uh, I want to quickly point out first that the Cavs uh, obviously won championship with LeBron, yes. Uh, but over the last uh, kind of decade or so, eleven odd years, 
they've been pretty garbage. I know when I started watching the league, they were uh, pretty much bottom of the league. They just uh, drafted Kyrie. And yeah, they were uh, pretty much a bottom feeder. And in fact, over the last 11 years, they've had three number one picks, which Damn. is yeah, Kyrie, Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, and overall, they've had eight top five picks. So this is a team that has had so many opportunities to draft really talented players and build them up that way. But let me just go through the list. I'm going to go on a little little spiel here, but some of the players they've drafted. So they they drafted Kyrie, uh, Tristan Thompson, who I guess uh, played an okay part for them in the championship. They drafted uh, Dion Waiters, uh, Anthony Bennett, who is arguably the worst number one pick bust ever. <laughs> they drafted Oof. Andrew Wiggins, who then eventually went to Minnesota in a trade uh, for Kevin Love, which again was, I guess, an important part in their championship. Uh, they've got Colin Sexton at number eight. They've got Darius Garland, who has improved, and Isaac Okoro has improved, and then Mobley. So it's only really been the last couple of years they've actually got their draft picks together because all the other ones they've either traded away or haven't really developed into anything. Mm. Now, the thing that I find interesting is the moves that they've made because in their current roster, if you look at some of the guys that are making the biggest impact, Jarrett Allen, this guy was on the Brooklyn Nets, uh, looked like he was... I think he actually went to the playoffs with him and like D'Angelo, um, a team that didn't look like they were going to make it that far. Uh, they picked up uh, him, who's really locking down defensively, um, versatile big. They've uh, also traded and got Karis Levert in that multi-team trade. Obviously, Levert was injured, I think, at the time. Mm. Uh, went to, I think, the Pacers. Um, didn't really do much there, but now is making a good impact on the team. It's little little moves that they're slowly building. And then they get a guy like Mitchell, who obviously, again, leading a playoff team with the Jazz. Uh, kind of icing on the cake for them. Oh, absolutely. I feel like, th- is this kind of like a culmination of all these little little bits uh, coming together? Do you think it's a championship team right here? I think is what I'm oh, getting to. Oh, absolutely, yes. Mm. I think with how the current NBA is looking mm. with... Look, are they as good as Boston? No, but you only need a couple of good games and for them to have a... like. That's the thing. We've still got so many games to go. It only takes one or two injuries and then everything's wide open. It's very true. And they, honestly, they lucked out so hard with Jared Allen because for whatever reason, the Rockets didn't want to keep... Because like, the Rockets got Jared Allen and yeah. they traded him straight away for absolute rubbish, which I'm really... <laughs> really disappointed about yeah i think rockets with jared allen it would be really really fun but they they got an absolute steal of a deal with with jared allen from the rockets who were just trying to get rid of him for pennies honestly yeah so i think it's just an interesting interesting rebuild procedure because i think especially coming from a championship too i think the team's generally would have a little bit longer to rebuild once they explode, especially after losing LeBron. That's, that's obviously a huge asset gone. Mm. But the fact that they've had the options to rebuild through the draft and haven't necessarily capitalized on it, but then they've made trades instead, I think is like props to their management, I think, because you have a lot of managers who aren't willing to kind of take a risk on players, uh, yeah. especially if they're like injuries involved. But the fact that they, they back the talent and then I think it reaps rewards. So... I think, yeah, kind of an interesting case study there. And I hope they, they do really well this season. I hope to see see more of it. I I think that this team is 100% in the championship hunt this year. Mm. As 
and I thought they were in the championship hunt potential. Well, maybe not the championship hunt, but I thought I expected them to go a little bit further last year, but then they sort of fell apart at the last minute. Yeah, yeah. Last year they were definitely surprising everyone with their flashes of talent, uh, especially when we saw them up kind of around that like third, fourth position. Yeah, and then, yeah. They did tend to drop down a little bit in the second half of the season. I think yeah, injuries played a part in that, and then they yeah, just couldn't keep that momentum going. But now they're in absolutely better with with Donovan Mitchell. I expect this team. I look. I'm going to be really honest. I would love for this team to make at least the conference finals. Yeah, and I can see that genuinely happening. I think that's achievable. Um, like, look, Brooklyn's fourth now, and they were out of the top ten at some point. So, like, it's really, really open. I think between the top teams, there's not a lot between them. I would give. I still think at the moment that Boston has a slight edge over everyone else. I think yep. they have the most complete roster. But you compare Cleveland to the Celtics, to the Bucks, to the Nets, to the Hawks. I don't think the Pacers will do well this year. They're they're in sixth somehow. I don't think the Raptors will like you know Raptors will make the top eight, but they won't get past the first round. Philly, if they can get their their stuff together and maybe get rid of Doc Rivers. Um, but there's not a... I, I don't... Th- there's no unstoppable team right now. Yeah, absolutely. There are multiple, multiple contending threats. It, so. it will come down to who can stay the most healthy because the NBA is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but anyway, we've talked a lot about Cleveland, but just wanted to add some context behind their success. I thought that was an interesting thing to From look at. From the land. Uh, 100%. Um, so... While it's uh, look, this might be an East heavy episode, but have you heard? I, I mentioned it to you, but but for the podcast, did you hear about the little uh, drama llama that's been happening in in Atlanta with Trey Young and the coach? Ah, uh, yeah, I think we mentioned this, but we haven't mentioned it on the podcast yet. So this is an interesting take. Hit us. So there's reports coming out that Trey Young and coach Nate McMillan had an exchange at Friday's shoot-around that led to Young choosing not to attend the home team's win again over Denver. Basically, uh, the rumor then says that Trey Young was receiving treatment during shoot-around, and so then the coach said, you either come off the bench because you weren't here for the shoot-around, or uh, you don't enter the arena. Because... Uh, Trey didn't get treatment at the arena or at at the facility. He got treatment outside of the facility, so he missed the shoot around. Um, and so Trey decided not to show up, and got his injury increased so that yeah he was in he was in inverted commas injured. But basically Trey called the bluff per se. But th- there's a there's an update to this story. But initially, what are your thoughts? You've got your star player who's playing through some some sort of niggle he missed shoot around where they you know you sort of go it's like your last team practice do you let your your star player get away with not making shoot around or do you hold him to the same standards that the rest of the team would be held to yeah i i think you have to uphold the same standards for everyone uh whether it be number one on the team or number 15 on the bench like I think you have to, especially as a leader, in fact, I think you'd almost more want to impose that because you need to have them lead by example, right? Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I think, look, Trey, obviously incredible talent. 
uh, playing great this season, still scoring threat, 27 points a game, almost 10 assists a game. Uh, clearly the leader of this team in terms of performance, but I think maybe attitude, he's not being the leader of this team. Um, so I think, yeah, like I can understand ego-wise, it's not great coming off the bench if you are a star, but I mean, you have to still respect the, the coach. You can't undermine them because that's when you get really bad situations happening in the locker room. Why explain this to me? Why does everyone in the well, okay, not everyone, but why do so many people that play in the NBA have such a fixation on whether they start or come off the bench? Like there was a period uh. of time where Russ refused to come off the bench. Like for me, right? If you're not a hundred percent, but you still want to try and push through, and the coach is going like, "Hey." let's put you on the, like, let's have you coming off the bench today so your load's a little bit lighter. Wouldn't Trey be cheering? He gets to come off the bench against the second unit. He can easily yeah. stat his, pad his stats. Like, why would you have a big row over not starting? Can you... I mean, I feel like the, uh, the only reasoning is just, like, the sheer, like, if, in your own mind, if you're, like, a starter or if you're off the bench, you're, like, a bench player. I mean, I think it's kind of crazy to assume that like, yeah, Trey would be considered a bench player, but if there's a legitimate reason for you coming off the bench, yeah, embrace it. Uh, I think, yeah, in different situations, like with Russ, it's more of a performance thing. Like, it makes sense for him to come off the bench and dominate that way. Uh, for Trey, it's more if he's not 100% physically. So I think there's a fair reason why wouldn't you do it. Uh, but I think the players that can actually just kind of take that on and not take it, like, personally... Uh, we've seen some great six men, uh, obviously like Manu Ginobili, who's pretty much like the epitome of a six man. Most of the season, he was in Santa San Antonio. He was the best shooting guard on that team. Like he should have been starting. Mm. Uh, it wasn't even down to like injury concerns. It wasn't down to other reasons. It was just down to how San Antonio played. He could have taken that the wrong way and gone and found another team, and he could have started and maybe got more points on a different team. But he knew that it worked with that system. Yeah, I don't I know. I don't understand why players put ego into it when, for the team, which they should really be putting first, uh, it works exactly. Better. If if Trey Young was not a hundred percent, he missed shoot around, and he was being offered to like you know you could still play the game, but we want you to come off the bench. It's not just yep. a it's not just a punishment for missing shoot around. It's just everyone needs to be at shoot around. In my opinion, I think that's a great like yep. you know if you don't make the shoot around you shouldn't get it you shouldn't get rewarded for that but at the yeah. same time if you're he's missed shoot around because he was injured like he was getting treatment wouldn't you want to have an easier night come off the bench not make that any worse and play like, instead of playing through that injury i just don't understand it um yeah there was a follow-up where a rumor came like the rumor follow-up is that when when asked how the hawks locker room felt Whose side were they on? Most people uh, sided with uh, the coach. Yeah, I actually find that bit the most interesting thing about this uh, reported incident is that the players siding with the coach. That says a lot to me. <laughs> that is, look, concerning because you don't want to get a rep as being a diva. And I just, if you want to lead a team, like that's the thing, right? If you're going to lead the team, but they don't respect you, or think they think that you're an idiot, or they think you're selfish, like when when you need people to dig deep, they're not going to rally around you. Yeah, and I think the respect respect is so important. Like you can have all the stats in the world, but if you haven't got your team 
behind you. What you do, that's not gonna, especially come playoff time when you need that mental strength, uh, that togetherness. Yeah, that's not gonna cut it. So, and obviously, I think there's a little bit of like Trey's feeling the pressure of being the top guy, but let's be real, but like he's not very efficient and I feel like he's blaming the coach for his inefficiency and he needs to get better. Yeah, I think this season in particular, it's a good point that you bring up in terms of efficiency. Like he hasn't dropped off too much in points overall per game, but three-point percentage has dropped 10% from 38% yeah. last season to 28% this season. So he's having a little bit of a rough shooting year. So yeah, I think that's just adding I, even more concern on top of that. I think this is one of his worst years. Like this is almost like up there with like his first couple of rookie years where he had an absolute shocker yeah so i think uh, look it, it comes down to this it, it i think either they correct the the issue they kind of like sit down and make it clear what standards need to be in place uh and then get to the bottom of it because as a whole their roster is actually looking great this season adding desjante murray uh, i think they're looking quite strong uh, or ca- could you potentially see it where the point where trey isn't going to back down and then they have to, I don't know, trade him or play him or not, not let him play or something. Could you see it getting that far? D- look, they've kind of put all in with him, but I don't Franchise know. Player. But it's also like it's one of those things where, like, look, he's a great, he's a great player, but in today's NBA, he's short. He can't play defense. And... Yeah. If it doesn't matter how good of a scorer he was, like he is, if he's not the full package, there's only so far you can go with that. Yeah, that that's fair. Because honestly, like these days, you you kind of need to be a be a two way player. You need to have defensive capabilities as well as scoring, uh, which I think they picked up a little bit more in Dejounte Murray. Uh, I think he's more of a two way player. So maybe that could be something they end up kind of going with him as the leader of the team move Trey for some someone I don't know it seems crazy though because he's such like a Hawks player through and through at this point iconic moments at uh, Madison Square Garden against the Knicks uh, yeah you, you think they want to want to hold on to him to, to finish off with Trey I think that look most of his stats like year to year right you want to see your stats get better increase yeah and so his 2022 and again we've only 24 games in so it's not the full sample size right yeah but against his career stats, he's averaging more points. He's uh, averaging more assists, 0.5 of an assist more per game. Uh, but he's already career... He's Look, he's got a field goal percentage of 43.7 in his career, which isn't amazing, I don't think. But it's Considering gone down... Considering he shoots a lot of deep shots, it's not bad. Yeah, uh, but he's, he's down to 40%, 40.8 this year, and he's career three point percent is 35 and he's gone down to 29 this year yeah and his efficiency so it's been a pretty steep drop off and his efficiency has dropped by five percent as well so yeah. uh, look i'm very i'm usually pretty hard on the coaches but in this case trey young you got to get your stuff together bro it's yeah you know when someone goes it's like it's not me it's you but like trey it's it's definitely you bro <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what it, what it comes down to. Like performance-wise, he's had a bit of a drop-off. I think that can improve. But yeah, I think the attitude-wise, I mean, this is all reported. So end of the day, we don't know the exact story. But it's sounding like if the team's backing up the coach, he has to 
put in the work to get the team back on yeah. the side because this team functioning well could be a lot lot scarier than they are currently so exactly yeah so we've got a bit of a shorter one today please like subscribe share we've got tiktok we've got instagram we've got youtube give us some love we're we're really pushing this year to, to really get our voices out there so give us some love otherwise we'll see you next week i'm harry that's ben we out peace see ya da, 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 da.